Welcome to the Black Money Matters podcast presented to you by the Los Angeles Sentinel and Chase Bank. I'm your host, Danny Bakewell Jr. This podcast series aims to empower our community by providing the tools needed to build financial wealth through home ownership, entrepreneurship, and financial literacy. On today's podcast, we will be discussing building and maintaining Black wealth. Joining us in the conversation is Deb Lankford. She is a former television executive for Time Warner and NBC Universal, and recently was awarded the 2022 NAACP Changemaker Award. And she now leads the Black Wealth Initiatives at JP Morgan Private Bank. It's the Black Money Matters podcast. Let's get it on with Deb Lankford of JP Morgan Private Bank. Before we jump into it, we have to talk about Deb, about your incredible and professional career. You've been opening doors for people in communities of color for years. So let's talk about that. Let's hear about your background. Thank you, Danny. And you have been by my side and your family has been an inspiration to me uh, with with the Bakewell's commitment uh, to communities of color and especially the black community. So I, I appreciate this opportunity to talk about it. And I really appreciate actually how you led into it of opening doors, right? Um, I had a 25 year career in media and entertainment, 18 of those years uh, was on the creative side. And so I was in positions to open doors for actors and actresses, directors, writers, and producers um, to make sure that they had a seat at the table to develop some of the creative content that still lasts today. Um, I Each one of those roles had a wonderful story. If we had longer, maybe you'll invite me back. I'll be able to talk about some of them. Um, I always though do start with the story of how I got into entertainment as you and I both share USC uh, in our background, our educational background. Uh, I'm from Los Angeles and I was working for another iconic family, the Stennis family when I first left USC and um, you know, I say that they had the uh, the uh, restaurant chain. And oh yeah! As you right, golden my sister, golden bird golden, chicken, golden bird fried chicken. There you go. <laughs> golden bird fried chicken, but right, eighteen locations across the city. They were very civic minded. Um, they had amazing relationships with celebrities. Uh, Janet Jackson did her first video in one of the stores. We did the very first Laker Girl poster. <laughs> Um, and so they understood the brand needed to be visible. And so that was my first, you know, my first job um, after USC. And in terms of visibility, you know, they asked me to attend an NAACP luncheon. And I went to it and to the right were people who looked like me and you. And they were in their own kind of clique and they were polite, but that was about it. And then I turned to my left and there were two 76-year-old Caucasian men, and we wound up having an amazing conversation. And at the conclusion of that, they said to me, we think that you would be great in our company and you should work for us. And I said, well, Bill, Joe, what do you do? Because they just said, they're Bill. He said, I'm Bill, I'm Joe. I said, I'm Deb. And he said, well, I'm Joe Barbera, and he's Bill Hanna. And Danny, I went, that's Barbera, Hanna, no. Hanna Barbera, right? right I got Jetsons, it. Pound Puppies, Flintstones, Yogi Bear. And right. so, so I realized in that moment sitting there that oftentimes you can have a conversation with someone 
who doesn't look like you. It may appear that you don't have anything in common, but you know what we had in common? I was Deb, he was Joe, and he was Bill. And we had this wonderful conversation where they saw something that they thought would be right for their company. And that started my 18 years as a creative executive. And I wanted to put people in the same position that I had to, to be able to just showcase who they were. And then I pivoted seven years into the uh, corporate side. And that was the real game changer. That's where I realized that I could open doors for people to have a seat around a decision-making table. Um, I was uh, hired by Dick Parsons at Time Warner to bring in top diverse executives, women and people of color, and vice president above levels across all the business units of Time Warner globally. And then I went to go work for our friend Paula Madison at NBC Universal and focus on business diversity because I wanted people to remember I had been a line executive Right. right. I knew the importance of a brand and that we should be creating content and marketing to the widest audiences. Right. Because that was going to be a business strategy and really love that. And then decided to leave um, and was consulting. And I like being on a team. So I returned to USC and uh, worked at Marshall, the USC Marshall School of Business, as you know, and became the first diversity officer right. for the school. And then I also made another pivot there and went to go work for the uh, Race and Equity Center. And, you know, it was always great to go back to where you've been, but I missed corporate America. I missed the vastness of that. And I also missed the impact of that. And so after being in academia for six years and opening doors for students, right, to make sure that when they got to these companies, they were really well equipped to fit. Um, but then an amazing opportunity came um, to join J.P. Morgan Chase. And so my first role was to be the head of business development for Advancing Black Pathways, right, which is the strategy across the firm for external impact in communities. And then I had the amazing opportunity to move over here to the uh, J.P. Morgan Private Bank, where I'm the head of Black Wealth Initiatives. As I shared, it's the first initiative launched under an umbrella strategy, um, diverse wealth initiatives. Well, look, you know, you obviously have a fabulous background and you have always been, as long as I've known you, somebody who has not only uh, opened doors, but in some cases kicked down doors to create opportunities for African-Americans, for those who have often been disenfranchised and, and made a huge impact. So, you know, when you talk about this initiative and you talk about the this opportunity for African-American and black businesses and with this wealth initiative, how has it been received? How have people responded? Have they been reluctant? Have they been excited about it? You know, what's going on when you talk to people about these opportunities? Because as you know, for so long, for generations, we've been talk, taught not to talk about how much money we have. And now you're asking. You know what, Danny, again, I mean, outstanding questions. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna have this be a consistent narrative, right? And we're talking about my career, and I was sharing with the leadership of the private bank when we were doing an update on Black Wealth Initiatives. I shared with them because I thought about it. And when I really consider the amount of time that I have been with people who have actually made significant amount of money, right? As you know, right, actors and directors and producers, showrunners, 
Um, you know, I remember I, I, you know, was in charge of the Essence Festival for two and a half years. So you're talking about Grammy award winning artists. I ran Quincy Jones's television company, right? You're talking about number one shows on the air. Danny, there was never a time that I can recall where I'm sitting with someone, whether it's a business meeting or a dinner or a brunch or cocktails or being at an event where someone said, you know what, my banker is killing it. <laughs> my right. banker is great. You know what? My investment strategy is so tight that if this job doesn't work out, I'm good, right? right? Now, we know that people have worked hard and have made money and some, we would say, are rich. You know, if rich is determined to buy, you can go buy what you want and your bills are paid and you're good. And whether that's red bottom shoes or nice watches or vacation where you want a vacation or drive where you want to drive and perhaps even live where you want to live. That's nice, That that's rich. And you know what? That is That is outstanding. Mm -hmm. But that's different than wealth, right? Wealth is when you can do all of that and you have financial security so that it can't, you are, you are set, your family is set and you can have generational impact. And Danny, you know, I am not a parent. And so there were times when, and I'm sure there are people listening to this, that that was not their assignment. And someone says generational wealth and you kind of roll your eyes and say, well, you know what? You're not talking to me, so I'm gonna go spend it all, right? I don't right. worry about that. But as we've seen, especially in our community, for people who have achieved wealth, you have the ability to change lives for generations. You have the ability to take the tuition burden away from a class of Morehouse graduates. Right. You have the ability to put your name on a building so that when people go into it, they will know your story. And so that, I think, is the mindset shift so that when you can understand and appreciate wealth. And you asked a, another really great question of how has it been perceived? I mean, 100% outstanding, internal to the firm and external. When I show up at an event with, our, with many of our Black bankers, whether they are in Los Angeles or just recently in New York, you know what I get? Wow, I I didn't know that there was that many black bankers at JP Morgan Private Bank. You know, and so my role is to increase the visibility. I'm not a banker, I'm a strategist, right? I wanna put JP Morgan Private Bank on the map. I wanna make sure that when people have achieved this level of wealth, that when they are considering what their firm should have, they should look at our firm and say, that's what I'm talking about, not just because of the platform. And let me say this, we don't have any different advice, investments or products for the black community or the Hispanic community or the Asian American community, LGBTQ women or anyone, right? But we have people who are leaders who come from those communities who may realize that when they're having the conversation with someone, they will pri prioritize something, right? We know that the black community is one third less likely to have generational wealth, right? To pass it on. And so perhaps, right? Because we are close to that, we're proximate to that in black wealth initiatives, perhaps that would be more of a priority in a conversation with someone. Well, and yeah, so me, it, yeah, yeah. Not to cut you off, but let me ask you this question. You know. Yeah. The, the thing about it is when you talk about black wealth is so, so often, you know, bankers, especially when bankers, your banker doesn't look like you and understand where you come from. They give you these traditional recipes for philanthropy, 
and how do you do it? But all of a sudden you sitting at the table understand the importance. I mean, look, everybody now understands the importance and the, the, the brilliance, I wanna say, of speaking at a graduation and taking away a, a, a graduating class's debt, okay? But that was a black man who first did it at an HBCU. And now I look up and everybody's like, oh, well, that's the beauty of having a banker who looks like you, who understands what's important to you. And that's the role that I see you in this space as playing. So talk about that, because inevitably, after you talk about that, I want to talk about the importance of mentorship and development of strategies and all of those things. So let, let's talk first to answer that question. How do you help African-American and Black wealthy individuals set together and put together a legacy plan that's, you know, different than the traditional stick my name on a building, you know, and, you know, endow something. Um, yeah. Because you understand what is important to our community. Yes, yes. So I will tell you that I remember I'm not a banker. And so I'm not in those specific strategy conversations, but our over 70 black bankers and all of our bankers are in those conversations to give advice that is tailored for someone at the point where they are, where they become a private bank client, right? Mm -hmm. I would tell you that it, it is not an either or, Danny. I think it's an and. I know it's an and because, you know, again, we went to USC. Out of all of those buildings, what are there, two, maybe three, that have a name, you know, someone's name on it, right, is right. black. And that forever, ever, people will know who Vernon Daltrey is, right? And so I think that that's part of what someone may want to do. They may want to take the tuition of, of not just an HBCU, but somewhere else. They may want to endow something so that it will be easier to get into a college, right? right. Or they'll set up something that when you're there, it's a smooth sailing. And we don't have to only talk about college. It can be programs to help people re-entry into the workspace. So that's that's what we do. We do it the best. And as you're saying, sometimes when you've had the same shared experience, you can prioritize the advice or you can understand the unsaid, right? I think that's what we're talking about. Right. So you want to talk about mentorship next? I do, because, you know, look, okay. as, as long as I've yeah. known you, I mean, you've always, yeah. you've been a trendsetter, but you've never failed to reach back and bring yeah. particularly young people along for the ride with you. So you are one of the outstanding mentors that our community has, and you lead those efforts constantly. That's always been part of your drive. That's always been part of the Dev Langford story. So I want you to share not only the importance of mentorship, but also what are you continuing to do in that mentorship role? Sure. Thank you, Danny. Again, high compliments that I, that I treasure. Um, you know, Danny, one thing that is amazing about this role is that, and being at JP Morgan, um, is that we have a culture where mentorship and sponsorship is part of our DNA, right? And I also want to say that one of the reasons that I chose the bank to come work, and it, it does align with mentorship as well, is that we are deliberate and confident to be able to say Black. We had advancing black pathways after advancing black leaders. We have advancing black entrepreneurs, and now we have black wealth initiatives. 
And so I am oftentimes in positions to talk to our bankers across the private bank, to talk to our analysts who, you know, these are the people that are beginning their career and offering their, them advice. Um, I can talk to other uh, members of the firm that perhaps aren't in my line of business. And I want to do for people what really I didn't receive in the early part of my career, right? Um, so that's why I do it. But here's the other thing that I make sure to do, Danny, it's the sponsorship, right? What did somebody say? The mentor is supposed to tell you and the sponsor is supposed to sell you. So I make sure that whenever I'm in a room, I speak highly of someone else black. You know, hey, this person is really working smart. This person is dedicated. This person is strategic. Why are, you know, should we be looking at other opportunities, expansive opportunities for people? And Danny, I think that somebody, that somebody can do this in any walk of life where they are, right? Talk about somebody positively in a room that you are sowing seeds. You and I share a really great person, um, the, the late, great O.C. Smith, right? Oh, and I remember he would always say to me, Deb, you will reap what you sow, right? And now in a bank, I could say, you're going to return on a deposit, <laughs> right? right? So in both examples, however you live, right? Why not do something and have a deposit somewhere so that when you actually need a withdrawal, when you need it, you have done it so often, it's going to be done for you. You can rely on it. And so I'm really proud, you know, in my career to be the mentor, the sponsor, and the connector, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I see all of that in my ecosystem of, of my career. You know, I understand you're not a banker, you're not in a banking position, but you're leading the, char the charge and cultivating high net worth clients with diverse backgrounds. So when you talk about wealth, how do you, how do you define it? I mean, you, you've talked about the fact that you can change lives, but, but more importantly than that, how does a person really know if we get, if we get right down to it, how does a person know I'm no longer rich, I'm wealthy? <laughs> well, you know, when, you know, there's a, there certainly are strategies and sciences around that, you know, there, it, it, it really is about the individual. Right. I will tell you that JP Morgan Chase has various lines of businesses to talk to people. There's different journeys of their, you know, different stages of their financial journey. Right. And so I will say if we were to align wealth with the private bank, which would be accurate. Right. You're talking about people who have the ability to invest millions of dollars. And so if you have the ability to invest millions of dollars, you're pretty set in the expenses that you need to live, right? And some of the things that you like to spend on. Because, you know, when you have that strategy, it's not something where, you know, you do it on a Monday and on Tuesday, hey, you know, I want it back now, right? It's something that you have the confidence that it's going to be a long journey and not just a short journey. So that's probably how I would describe it. And I think it's, it's really on the individual person, right? There's some people who may think, 5 million, which is where, you know, certain parts of, of our organization, I, I've got 5 million to invest. I've got 10 million to invest. I've got 20 to invest. I've got this amount to invest and I can take these other debts, you know, from either people in my family or people that I care about, or I can 
you know, have the building or I can do other things. You know, look, I, th I think all of these things are so exciting. And, and I think yeah, that yeah. is important. It's important. So if someone wants to sit down with you and talk about mm -hmm. where do I go from here? You know, how do they do that? I mean, you're not, you're, you're, you're on the road and you put, so how does someone, you know, first create this relationship with JP Morgan Chase? Um, yeah. How do they do that? Well, the good news, as you know, is that there are a significant amount of JP Morgan Chase lines of businesses and units, I'll say, because, you know, when you think about the, the bank, the four walls of the bank, the, the, the consumer bank, that certainly in the beginning of their journey, you know, that's, that's the place usually that you start. Um, if people are interested in reaching me um, after this and to say, I think I would align with what you're talking about in terms of the ability to invest at a certain level, I'm on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. right? They can find me on LinkedIn, so that's fine. Um, you know, you have interviewed one of our other amazing bankers. Um, we have many bankers here in Los Angeles. And as you know, the leader of this market is Rick Berrigan, who is an African-American man. And so, you know, they are visible in a variety of communities. And so I think it would pretty be, you know, I won't say easy, uh, but there are the opportunities to reach out to, you know, JP Morgan Private Bank bankers to say, oh, look, what, I'd like to know more about what this is. Yeah, well, look, I think once somebody goes into a branch and says, look, this is what I'm looking to do. What I found is that from Chris Ann and, and Jason over at the Crenshaw branch to any uh -huh. branch that you walk into, they're, they're going to give you the quality service and they're going to connect you with the right person. You know, as we right. wrap this up, Deb, what I would like to hear, you know, we're, we're, we're coming up, we're, we're literally at the middle of the year. And yes. what are the things that the Black Wealth Initiative at J.P. Morgan Chase, what are the things that you guys are looking to do over the next six months? You know, what are the things that you're investing in? What are the things you're sponsoring? Sure. What are the things that um, you think that you find important that the community needs to know that you're involved in? Sure. Um, and, and let me clarify one other thing. When you go into a actual branch, you know, that's a, that could be a different line of business, but I, I want your entire audience to know, right, that we should be the firm of choice. And so there are ways when you go onto our website, you will learn about all of the variety of ways to start a relationship with JP Morgan. So what are we going to do? Well, here in the LA market, just a few weeks ago, we did an amazing event at the SoFi Stadium with another one of our dear friends in common, the Kinsey's. We did a celebration of the Kinsey collection to talk about their strategy. You're talking about strategy, right? right. You're talking about a, a married couple who decided to save her salary and, you know, live on one salary, bank, save, have strategy on, on, on um, the second salary and amass the perhaps the globe, but we know at least in the U.S., the largest African-American collection of history, right? Uh, so I was supposed one... to have been at that event last week, but as you know, I was home with COVID. <laughs> yes, you were, but your family was represented. Yeah, so yeah you were. there you know, Pam was there. So, All right. um, you know, I think that those are the types of things that we're going to do. We're going to do two things. We're going to support and we're going to partner. So in the variety of markets across the country, because I lead a national strategy, we're going to find the things over the next six months that may be already established 
that we will then come in and say, well, we'd like to sponsor this. We'd like to have a table. We'd like to participate. Um, and then there'll be some things that we'll build, right? We'll probably build one or two signature events, something that doesn't exist yet, but it would be in a place where we believe that there would be a great likelihood of African-Americans that should know about the private bank, right? So we're going to do both. And I'm, you know, I'm just super excited. I think that as you know, as you just experienced, and I'm so glad that um, you are 100% healthy from it, COVID really isn't finished yet, right? And really when it is, when it's completely in our rear view mirror, I can really do the road trip I've been excited to do, to go to the variety of our markets and either host a dinner, host a discussion with our bankers so that they know what we're doing or talk about what we, how we started this whole initiative, perhaps talk about art. Because a lot of people in our community don't realize, Danny, that art is not only an appreciating asset, it's something you can lend against. It's kind of like it's mini bank, <laughs> right? So right. I want to go into these um, into markets and have these conversations. And, and that's what we're going to do over the next six months. But I will tell you, we've got three focus cities and L.A. is one of them. So you're going to see a lot of me, a lot of our bankers, a lot of Rick Berrigan, and a lot of all of our bankers, because the last thing I want to say is this is really a, a, a strategy that from the CEOs down and everyone up is committed to. And I mean everyone. And so my role is not just having our over 70 black bankers in the private bank go and talk to, you know, potential black clients. It is for these bankers to talk to all clients and it's for all of our bankers to talk to the black community and beyond that. And so I'm super excited, the intentionality about it, the deliberateness about it, and the real reason is we're not a DEI strategy, we're not an HR strategy, we're a business strategy. So I'm super excited. Deb, I'm so glad that we got this opportunity to get together and just talk and catch up. And you know, you do so many amazing things. You've spent a life always uplifting our community, uplifting others, creating opportunities. And so from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you for all that you do, continue to do great work in our community. And I look forward to seeing you again. I will too. And guess what? When I, um, I'm really looking forward to the Taste of Soul. Oh, you done broke out back. your Taste of Soul mug. There you I've go, my see? Taste of Soul water. It's not a prop. Yeah, there you go. Look, that that you you got That's a collector's water. edition. You got the 2019 version of the Taste of Soul mug. So. Because, you know, what goes better with Black Wealth initi Initiatives but soul? There you go. Soul. There Come you on. go. With soul. There you go. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see you then. All right, okay. Deb. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon, Danny. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Please join us next time on the Black Money Matters podcast as we discuss ways to empower our community and get our people financially healthy. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube at Los Angeles Sentinel Newspaper. Thank you for listening.